Mr. Pop. I think that's one of the reasons I sleep in, so I can miss breakfast radio. <laughs> this is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Well, there you go. So bite your ass, Mannix. I'll try. Yeah, well, I'm sure you will. And on that uh, cheery note, and while we uh, anatomically consider that uh, visually in our heads, welcome to Rock and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier. Another big week in the music industry, another big week in the entertainment industry, another big week in the sport industry, another big week in the uh, food industry. And, of course, at the head of that is Mark Fine from Lenny's Fine Foods in North Caulfield. Hello, Finey. Hello, Kevin. How are you, mate? I'm good, and I should say, and another another big week in the tattoo industry. Because oh yeah, yeah, got got another one. More coming. Another one. Done. Yep, they keep on coming. Jeez. I mean, I mean, the good thing is if I don't like them, they f- no, you got to keep them. Don't you? But I love them. <laughs> no, I like them. It's a bit like co-hosts, you know. If you don't like him, you can. Oh no, there's Brian. Hello, Brian. <laughs> Hello, Kev. Hello, Mark. And hello to anyone listening. Are you listening? Um, sorry, I'm not going to be off to a good start. Okay. If we can just get them to name name off, please, the three of you are listening, just name, yeah, introduce yourself and we'll move on. Uh, All right. How's your week I've got been? a question for Brian. Oh, okay, good. Start with that. Go. When are you playing next in Melbourne? Um, I'd have to have a look. Um, in March. Um, I think the 24th, but I don't know. You know, this is not my area. Is that the one you're doing at the Stall Harness Racing that I saw a a Facebook post of today? You? Yeah, on the 18th I'm playing somewhere, and on the 19th I'm (laughs) playing at uh, the football. I'm playing at the – because Hawthorne's bringing back their 83 premiership team or something. Yeah. And fortunately for me, they're playing the Bombers. And um, I think we go on and sing a couple of songs before the game and a couple of songs at halftime and get to watch the game. So looking forward to that. So, is that what that's a Bombers? Uh, no, it's a Hawthorne home game, obviously. Yeah. At Marvel or? I think it's at the G. Wow. So, so we'll be on Meatloaf's little stage there. And uh, Oh, you won't be on the ground. No, 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 not for these. They just get the, the meatloaf stage out. But is that pre-season or? No, that's round one. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So that's, you know, that's pretty oh, cool way to get it for me to get into oh, the football season. Oh, the 83 season. premiership side, which so this would be, what, the 40th anniversary? Yeah. Okay. Exactly that. Okay. You've got it. Yeah, so that's that's good. So would you, would you but, adapt? But, but you're playing a gig? Yeah. At night, probably? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I am, but I, I've just written down where I, you know, I'm playing that day and I never write down where we're going and because I never drive. So I just get there, you know, where we're going and then tomorrow, bring up Lee Lee or Frankie and say, come on, pick me up, off we go. We'll find out. Now, why did you ask the question, finally? Because is that where you want to take Nat to a gig? Because oh, I'm sick of her asking when she gets, when is she going to get to meet Brian Mannix? Oh, good on you, Nat. God bless you. <laughs> uh, well, you could be going to the stall. I think it's the stall harness racing you're doing with um, with the big, yes, I am the big lineup. You know, the only problem with that poster thing they spelt Bob Starkey's last name incorrectly. They left the e out. Maybe he's just sort of got a bit groovy and said, "No, oh. I don't need the e." 
May have changed it for tax purposes. Might be a bit, might be, <laughs> well, maybe, or maybe just sort of like, no, I need it to sound a bit more modern, so I'll drop the E. Part of the Witness Protection Program. Well, you know, if I wanted to update my name, I'd probably drop the I and just be Bran. Bran Mannix. That's, that's the sort of stupid names people come up with these days. <laughs> anyway. you drop the I and become Manx. <laughs> oh, Manx. Don't mind Manx. Yeah, Manx works for me. Uh, how's your week been, Brian? Because you know what it rhymes with. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Straight to the gutter, good boy. Good how's, one. How's your uh, How's your uh... Well, yeah, I had an interesting um, week. I went and saw an amateur version of Chicago yesterday, which was good, and I saw a show called Glitz, which is just fantastic. And but when I was in Adelaide, me, me and my son, you know, we'd had a few, and we were we were talking about rap music, and so we thought, you know, we started making up some silly raps. And I said, "Well, you got a microphone there, haven't you?" Uh oh. And, and he goes, "Yeah." So. I go, come on, we'll go in and we'll, we'll, we'll rap. So he found some, you know, sort of backing track sort of thing so that we could rap over it. Yeah, that sort of, that sort of vibe. But it had a bit more melody than that. But anyway. So, well, so, my name is Mannix. I come from. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, tell what, I'll tell you what it is in a minute. Anyway, we recorded this thing, one take. Nobody's allowed to write any lyrics. You just hit record and off you go. Anyway, we did the first one. It came out pretty good. And then we said, all right, now, let's have another crack. And we did this song and we kept listening to it afterwards. Going, this is so bad. It's pretty good. And so then I had a, another pretty so bad, pretty good song called um, I said, fuck, weekend up to mow. Anyway, that – I gave it to this guy and it became a big dance hit and, you know, it was like on the DJ's charts around the world, it was like number 11 in America and 15 in Brazil and Bulgaria. It was just, it was great. So anyway, I just thought about, oh, look, I'll send this stupid song to this bloke and he'd come back and he's going, oh, yeah, we'll definitely go with this. It's it's hilarious. So anyway. So we've got to have we can have another dance song, which is just because here's here's my part in the song. I know you love my testicles. Would you like to meet my slug? My testicles are Nigel and Brian. My penis is called Doug. Doug would like to dig you, dig you all night long. Anyway, that's that's the vibe. And then Max comes in and raps. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But anyway, that's um, that's coming to a to a nightclub near you in the very soon. <laughs> oh, life's funny. Biggest pile of shit ever. And oh yeah, yeah great. <laughs> so who's uh, the bloke you sent it to? Is he like a D a, a, a club DJ or something? He's got a I think he makes records, he's got a record company or something, and he gets, you know, all these really cool DJs, you know, they just work on it. Like, you know, the song might sound nothing like what we did by the time he comes back. But oh, so he'll sample it into the middle of some songs or yeah, something. Yeah, oh, okay. you send him the threads and then they'll go one but you know, you might on my last one, they had the main one, and then they had a chill out mix of it, and then there's like one that just sounded like gay men in tight leather shorts. Um, but you know, yeah. So anyway, that was a little bit exciting. I won't make any money out of it, but um, I like the idea that 
people in Brazil might be hearing about my slug. Have uh, have you and uh, you and your son come up with a name for your little ensemble? No, we haven't. If anybody's got a good idea, please let us know. There you go. Steptoe and Son has been used previously, so just uh, give that a miss. Give that a wide berth. Manic and Sonic. (laughs) Throbber. Um, Throbber. Throbber. It was one of those um, uh, compilation albums was called Throbber back in 1970, whatever it was. That's true. I think we got it. 1975, 20 20 electrifying hits. Get Throbber. Get it now from Brashers. I've got a good name name for the duo. What's that? No, Supermanic. Hang on a minute. Uh, Not bad. Well, yeah. What it's the name's been staring us in the face all along, and none of us saw it. Or automatic. Yoko's pussy. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> Jesus. Um, automatics oh, that, is like automatics. I is might, good. I might put that to Max about Yoko's pussy no, because don't, wouldn't it? Don't. Wouldn't it be great to make a silly idea become a reality? You know, Yoko pussy putting out some tracks. About a slug. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Right. Now, I have to start uh, my little bit here by making an apology uh, mm. to Sophia Loren. Uh, sorry, Sophia. I know you listen every week. and uh, well, She's not dead. Would have come as a great surprise to her last week when I, when I said she died with Gina Lytle Bridgeter and Stella Stevens and Mae West and a whole stack of other uh, goddesses of the screen. So, sorry, um, Miss Loren, you're 88 and uh, fit as a fiddle from all reports. So we've deleted you from the death Eliza and uh, may you uh, may we be celebrating your 100th birthday in a dozen years. That's we should start keeping a count on the death Eliza at the start of the year. So there we go, okay, so it's now down from 412 to 411. Yeah, but, no, but, but our numbers will never come down. Well, if you yeah, keep killing, <laughs> yeah. If you well, keep killing people left, right, and centre, Kev, you know. Well, well, it's not it's not something I want to become habitually uh, doing on the program because uh, we did have a little run there at one stage where we killed a sure. number of people off. But we've we've, yes. we've since cleaned up our act in that area, and we uh, pretty much now only go with those who we know are dearly departed, not not those who are well, still. Well, I don't think on. it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing because if you're in the death Eliza. Mm-hmm. It's pretty grim, but it's not absolutely certain that you're dead. There is a glimmer of hope. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just need a fact checker for the program to uh, to be able to come through and make sure that those that we kill off. And I've, I'm I'm hundred percent sure that the five I have this week are all dead. I think Mate, we if need. This, to- if, this, if this program was fact checked, it'd go for eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think I think it is worthwhile looking at a recount of all of the deaths we've done for the year because, you know, as far as I know, Daryl Summers is fine. Oh, death. now don't say that. Don't, that's don't, that's, don't, that's don't. another one you did. Oh, jeez. Had everybody freaking out. I, I have and, nightmares um, about the people we mention and then, then you, if something happens, you just you feel, you'll feel horrible. Oh, now you made me have nightmares. Yeah, yes. see, now you'll feel, you'll feel horrible now. Would, would you have felt better if we'd mentioned Sophia Loren incorrectly, but she 
died during the week. No, would you, no. Would you, would you no, have no, I would not have felt better about that. <laughs> Jesus, Finey. No, that's, no, you're right on the money there, Finey. I was talking to Kev during the week, we were doing something for Life of Brian, and he told me about this whole incident and he said, God, I hope she dies this week. God, I hope <laughs> oh, she <shit>. dies. <laughs> do, you re- do you reckon that could be a, a defence if you charged with the murder of somebody and why did you do it? Because so I had to justify Kevin. <laughs> Kevin said he was dead and then we had seven days before the next show to make it <laughs> make good on the promise. See, if I was a modern-day um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, a radio presenter uh, sort of uh, in, in the, coming up through the ranks now and, and what you just, that uh, little scenario you just, put up actually happened. And and last week I'd announced that she was dead and then she died during the week and we get to this show. I would I would come on and I would go, so exclusively to the program last week I announced that Sophia Loren was dead before any of you knew because that's the kind of news breakers we are on this program. We break <laughs> the news. Even before people are dead, we know yeah. they're dead. Even if they don't know they're dead, we know they're dead because we have it exclusively here on this program. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, they, God. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I sleep in, so I can miss breakfast radio. <laughs> wow. Oh, that wow. sounds exactly like him, and it's just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think. A bit like this program, <laughs> anyway. Oh, and we've only just begun. Uh, mm. So we'll get to the Death Alive later. We'll get to the chart, which is an ARIA chart this week, the top 50 ARIA chart uh, for the 22nd of February, 1987. So Worst start ever. Yes, it's horrible, it's, isn't it? And it's rigged. The record industry's decided where to place all their records in their own bullshit chart. Now, not only did it not have a lot of good music, but it had so much music I'd either never heard of, barely heard of, or forgotten that I had to listen to a lot of bad music. Yeah, it was shit ass. I can. But hang on, I keep listening to the program. Yeah, no, I concur. Um, there's a couple of beauties in it. There's, you know, there's there's one up the top that is an absolute ripper, I reckon. But uh, yeah, not much in there. And you're right, Fonny. Um, I was doing breakfast on uh, on Fox at this stage. So uh, the the morning crew on the Fox, we were flying at this stage in 1987. Um, and I can't. And I know Fox had a didn't play a lot of you know really heavy rock and roll stuff, but. There's a lot of stuff on this I, I didn't I, – who the – is Greg Abbott? Um, it's Tony's brother. Yeah, well, he very well – may well be, but uh, Shake You Down is not ever going to set anybody uh, – on Lone Justice, I, I can't remember Lone Justice. Uh, who else was in here that I didn't – oh, well, your mates are in this one. Mannix? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, spy they'll v later. Spy. Oh, God, help <laughs> us all. Um, um, oh, God. Genesis are in why, there. Lord, <laughs> why, Lord? Um, why? The the are in there. Uh, a lot of Glass Tiger. God, that was an awful song. Um, yeah, there's some very, very, very dodgy songs in this, but there are a couple of good ones. Yeah, I think record companies are making the records and just packaging the artists at this stage. I think you might be right. Uh, now, congratulations to our women's T20 team on winning yet another World Cup. In South Africa, uh, in the early hours of this morning, as we do this, our men could uh, show a bit of their uh, aptitude. 
I guess, would be the right expression when Look, the test starts. Look, they're great. They are great, and that is a really good achievement because women's cricket's got quite a lot of depth now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. words cannot describe how lucky they were to make the final. Oh, gee, they were lucky. Uh, I didn't see the semi. Is that what you're well, talking about? They made the final on the back of one of the saddest, strangest, most inopportune brain fades I've ever seen in cricket. Please explain. Well, I reckon the best female batsman in the world is the Indian captain, Harman Pete Kaur. Yep. She is so, from the first ball, the first ball she faced, so three for 26, she just stroked through the covers for four runs, superb. She's, she can hit a six like no other female cricketer, even though she's only knee-high to a grasshopper. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. She's only little. They were cruising and all over the Aussies. The Australians actually bowled terribly. And I've got to say, you know, Ash Gardner, huge contract and this great all-rounder, she's just a bowler, really. But player, anyway. player of the series. Yeah, yeah. She gets wickets and they sort of set the right fields, but she just bowls dibbly dob off spin, really. Anyhow, she got taken with cleanness. This Harmon Pete call was all over Australia. She hits the ball out to mid-wicket, almost goes for four, gets stopped. It's really just a regulation too. And she's just sort of coasting back. But she sees the ball being thrown back. And even though she could have, you know, sometimes when you're running, if you run, the ball's going to hit you. Yeah. So she just put her bat in the crease, which is sort of a politeness because if the ball hits you, it deflects and it could be overthrows or whatever. But just to not run into the ball, she put a bat in the crease, except she put it on the line of the crease. Oh, no, on the line's out. I mean, she could have run, she could have walked into the crease. But she, you, you sort of got to know, play a lot of cricket to understand that. Do you know, know what I'm talking about, Kevin? Yeah. You know, just so you don't clatter into the ball or whatever. Yeah. You're sort of letting the yeah, ball go just, first. You just go like that, put and literally pull your body out of the thing and just put your bat in. Yeah. Yeah. Put and your bat in. Everyone's let, done let that a million them, times. And let the ball pass. Yeah. But you put it on the line, and at least, you know, that Healy who almost cost us the game because she dropped her two balls in a row. Oh, God. <laughs> two balls in a row, she dropped core. Um, just whipped the bales off, pretty clever. Nobody, you know, when the throw came in, nobody's appealing for a runner. There was no, they weren't throwing it back to runner out. The ball was just sort of returned. Yeah. But she put a bet in the wrong spot. So she's out. She was out and with her. I think we've all stuck our bat in the wrong spot from time to time. <laughs> says Brian. And, says Brian from Wuhan. Yes. Um, yeah. Brian's correct. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't think Australia could have possibly won if that didn't happen. Oh, well. They just won. But yeah. So look, that being said, in the last couple of overs, because they really were right in it, right to the very end, India, you should have seen some of the fielding by Elise Perry. Oh, she saved a four. It was unbelievable. She's a brilliant fielder. Yeah. Oh, she's a very good sports person. I mean, wasn't she – didn't she play for the Matildas? Played for the Matildas, yeah. yeah. She can't bowl. I'll give her that much. She's bowled one over, went for four too. Um, but she's batting pretty well. And I mean, she can bowl, but I don't think she's a great bowler. But, boy, she's good in the field. Anyhow, they're, they're, they remind me a lot of – 
Um, Geelong in the footy a bit. Um, Floyd Mayweather in the boxing. Djokovic in the tennis. Sometimes your reputation can carry you a long way in sport. Yep. And teams just, you know, India really should have just won that game. They should have, they were in a position to win it and they would have beaten anybody else. But Australia's got such an aura about them that they were shitting themselves when they were on top, you know. And even South Africa really were in a position to win that game. But Australia, you know, has this reputation of never beaten and whatever. Well, sometimes teams are beaten and you've just got to get the job done. Yeah, that's so, that thing about the, the, that's that the, the explanation of when they say about a team they just know how to win, and that is that that yeah. explains that. Yeah, and a lot of teams don't know how to beat them. Like Djokovic, sometimes I feel his opponents are waiting for him to crank into gear, yep. and he won't let him down. But you know, if you if you've got him on the ropes and try and deliver the knockout punch, yeah. like Georgie, like Georgie Best in soccer, and. Lance Armstrong in cycling. I'm following this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the girls have won the uh, the T20 World Cup. But there you go. Uh, Good well, on them. Yeah, well, oh, I'm, I'm not sure how our Matildas will go in the World Cup, but they're certainly in good form at the moment, knocking the ball in the back of the net with monotonous regularity against these teams they're playing at the moment. Got another trophy in the cabinet for them the other night when they won the All Nations Cup, whatever it was called. I mean, it is amazing. We're hosting the Women's World Cup, which is a very big thing, and Mm. we are a live chance to win it. We've got arguably, you know, in the top – Sam Kerr's in the top three players in the world. Yep. And we've got Caitlin Ford and then a a few other players that are very, very good. Yes. Like, Like top shelf. Ellie so Carpenter, can, I'm a big, I'm big. I know she's had a knee reco and all that, but um, she's a very good player. There's a few. Yeah, yeah, there's a few of them. Um, and I bet, I yeah. bet the best ones have all got a an older brother that's a prick, <laughs> and they, you know, played really hard against them, and that's why they're so good. You reckon Daniel Kerr's a prick? <laughs> you, you, you're, pro- you're probably correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I think I just think. Um, our girls are good because I don't know they just seem to be tougher than a lot of other countries' girls. I mean, that's a pretty talented sporting family, isn't it? The Kerrs, yeah, and Sir John. <laughs> John, oh yes, of course he'd be related. They've, they've all they've all made an impact. How's, and Con, <laughs> do you agree? Do you agree that Con Kerr is? <laughs> yeah, I do. Kerr. I concur. I can care, yep. Mr. Fine. Yeah, there you go. Uh, a surprising uh, retirement today in uh, in the footy. In footy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a surprise. Uh, he's only 26. Um, yeah, yeah. Jason Castagna from Richmond. He's got uh, two or three premierships, I think. Yeah, yeah, three maybe. Um, I don't yeah, know. I, I think he's, I think he's, yeah, no, I think he did. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, 26. He, he had a little hamstring, what we thought was a little hamstring injury, um, in the preseason, and uh, today just said, "No, nope, that's it. Twenty-six years of age. I'm, I'm moving on." That's extraordinarily young. Yep. But you know, interesting. Yeah, very. Is, um, is there going to be an announcement come out in a month? 
about something else not to do with Oh, I don't know. I'm oh, just being suspicious. Yeah. Oh, no. no He's I think got to get out of the game before the public find out, perhaps. No. No. I'd be, no, I'd be amazed think, if think, that was the case. That's a dreadful thing to say, isn't it? I'm just being stupid. I think he was probably knew that he was going to have to fight pretty hard to get in the side. Yep. This year. I think they're looking to improve on his return a bit. And, you know, if it was a bit of a serious hammy, which maybe it is now, eight weeks or ten weeks on the sideline, his season's screwed up in here. And there's also a point in your life where you come to the realisation that there has to be more to your life than, than that, that that is just this phase. I, I, and I I reckon as we see it in the workplace normally with um, with kids now who don't stay in jobs for 10 years or 20 years like like my generation certainly did, they're now yep. moving on after five years is a long time in one place. Um, yeah. Someone said to me today that if, if, if they get to three years, nine times out of ten, they're not bored to death with a job, um, yep. they'll, they'll move on. So maybe that's the other thing that's happening in our sport, with our sporting uh, people coming up through. They know that they're, they've got the best out of themselves. He's got three premierships. He's had a terrific career at the age of 26. He needs to find something else because maybe footy's not going to be the next part of his life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm still perplexed by Ash Barty's retirement, but then again, she's had a kid, and obviously that was calling pretty loud. And is it? You know that thing where they say, like in showbiz, have you like, had a kid or having a kid? Uh, no, she's having, having. Um, yeah. You know, the showbiz thing is always leave them wanting more. You know, don't don't overstay your welcome type deal. Mm. And I've worked yeah. with I've worked with some people in the in the entertainment industry who've done that really beautifully. Through their career, they've moved on from this one. They've got as much as they could get out of that one, so they've moved on to the next project and that. Um, maybe we're seeing a bit of that in uh, in sport because we're seeing a lot of, you know, Tom Boyd, the uh, Bulldogs premiership player, 25, and he retired. They're just, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just not the be-all and end-all of their lives. Well, I think the way the football clubs run their lives now, you know, you can't have a beer or you can have two beers after a game or something and – you just well, you got. Can't, you, you can't do you, ketamine in the toilet. No, you can't do the ketamine <laughs> in the toilet. And every well, time you, you can, go but have, and every time you go to have a shit, someone's got a camera over the top <laughs> filming you. Um, yeah, it's unfair. Uh, yeah, look, um, Casey's <laughs> friend went out with uh, what, an Essendon player, and actually Casey went out with an Essendon player for a little bit too. And Casey just said, "It's just so boring." And yeah, Essendon play was one. boring. Yeah, because they can't do anything. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, they got to have this sort of meal, and they got to freaking they can't have a drink, and they got to be in bed. And but it's, you know, you just say, oh, and he was this. an Essendon player. He can't handball. He can't <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, couldn't kiss. I'll, I'll, I'll pay that. <laughs> Just terrible. Just yeah, but hang on. This is the same girl I saw on social media during the weekend hanging around with Warwick Kappa. For God's sake, who? My daughter. Yeah, your daughter. Yeah, she did his podcast and had to leave her car there. They kept giving her shots. Oh God. Anyway, um, yeah. So I forgot the point. Well, we're talking about people retiring young and the footy not being the be all and end all. Well, yeah, you got to have a life, you know. Well, Obviously. I think I think that's what young, the younger generation are going to are going to do. They're not going to they're not going to be in football for fifteen years. They're going to they're going to be out of it. 
in a lot less time with their bodies and their minds, hopefully, because the other story of today was the um, uh, the law uh, story about uh, the uh, action that's been taken on behalf of the concussed players, former players. So they've now got a, um, a formal lawsuit, I think, going in against, I'm assuming against the AFL, um, to try and get compensation for, uh, I don't know who, I don't know who's, Part of that, I saw some photos with the story, but I didn't see those people named in the story as being um, on the uh, on the documents. So I, I don't know which players are actually involved in it. But there was a photo. Of, who, who, there was a photo who, of Troy Zantuck. There was a photo of Sean Smith. So they were. It would two. have been Ty Zantuck. Sorry, Ty, my mate Troy. Sorry, Ty. Actually, yes. maybe you should put your name on that list too, Kev. Why, Troy Zantuck? For God's sake. Well, I apologise to Troy. I heard him on the radio the other week. Uh, Johnny Johnny Barnes would probably be in there too. Didn't see yeah. a photo of Barnesy, but Barnesy's one that's uh, been spoken about. Greg Williams, another one that uh, there's been yeah. a lot of talk about. So, um, who's the law- who's the lawyer involved? Uh, don't uh, not a name I'm familiar with. Starts with an M. Oh. Uh, it wasn't like a, a Slater and Gordon or a, uh, you know Carboni, whatever. It wasn't one of those. It was a new name for me. I, and I yeah. heard, yeah. I actually heard. The woman who it is, the lawyer, um, just the tail end of her interview on on radio this morning. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's so while that's going on for the players who did, you know, some did stay in the game for a long time and and uh, are paying the price for it now. Um, so the youngies might be going. You know what? This is good fun, but it gets to this point. Time to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Now speaking of moving on, our our uh, men's cricket team starts their. Uh, their test on Wednesday against the Indians, test number three. Got a question for you, Fanny. I wanted to ask you this. Over the weekend, the reports of um, the English team, you know, the opener, Harry Brook, whatever his name is, 180 off, whatever it was, they're just absolutely creaming test cricket at the moment. They've taken test cricket to a T20 level of performance that I've never seen before and I'm sure no one else has. Calling it bad bad ball. He made 186 of 174 balls. <laughs> in a test. Um, yeah. uh, they're calling it bass ball because it's obviously it's the creation of, um, of the New Zealand coach of the uh, of the side now, Brendan McCullum. Um, yeah. Is that the future of test cricket is the first part of my question. And the second part of my question, are we, able, are we capable of playing that? Because we're playing England in the Ashes this year. Well, take bass ball. To India and see how far you get. You'll you'll be out for sixty. Or hang on, what were we out for? Because that's what we were trying to do. Ninety something, wasn't it? Yeah, all well and good on the right wickets to try and do it. Yeah. But look, if the wickets are conducive to batting, these guys now know how to hit it. They've got the equipment to hit it. They can play all around the ground. So yeah, if the if the wickets are conducive, that might be the future of Test cricket, and it make it at a very Exciting and interesting sport to watch, but oh. we do we we want something in it for the bowlers. I mean, you're a former member of the Fast Bowlers Union, Thank or you. or as they were known by the rest of us, the idiots. Yeah, and <laughs> it's funny. I, I was I was a guest speaker at my old cricket club, and the on Friday Friday night, and the captain of the ones, I captained his father, who was a brilliant fast bowler. Very good suburban fast bowler. And, and, you know, Julian Wiener, who played with him, said he actually could have played state cricket, but he he was nuts. 
and I regaled the crowd with some stories. And my favourite story, we were playing at North Caulfield Glen Huntley, which is the ground just behind Caulfield Racecourse. Yep. And Jamie, this guy's name, was bowling, bowling beautifully. And he's struck the guy on the pads. And it was probably pretty adjacent, but the umpire said not out. And Jamie used to appeal just by yelling and running through to celebrate. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, it was not out. And he kept running. He ran past the wickets, still with his arms in the air. Yeah. Past us in the slip cordon, past fine leg, <laughs> jumped the fence, and there was a little sapling tree the other side of the fence, and he bounced on it till he snapped it in half. <laughs> <laughs> he was so angry that it was given not out. <laughs> Uh, and another great story of his was that we were playing at Shelton or something and we all used to drive separately. We didn't go together in cars. And one of the players turned up and goes, I just saw the strangest thing of all time. Not in Shelton, but halfway to Shelton, you know, somewhere on the Nepean Highway near, near Brighton or something. He said, I've just driven past Jamie and he's driving here in his batting helmet. <laughs> He put his helmet on and got in his car to drive oh, 40 minutes for the. Oh, that's a Paul Hogan sketch, isn't it? That's, that's Arthur Dunger. Or, um, obviously, he did, he, did, he did so many. Oh, God, he did some funny things, Jamie. Once the, he was the opening bowler, and the opening batsman for the other team was from England, from Northern England. And all the batsman said was, Centre, please, umpire. And Jamie went off his nut. Umpire, umpire, it's bloody Australia, mate. <laughs> off back to England. Umpire, <laughs> off. <laughs> what, what did I say? Well, what have I done wrong? Jamie had to be held back from physically attacking a guy for pronouncing umpire, umpire. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of, and I played with very similar sort of blokes over the years. God, they're funny. Nuts. Yeah, not the Nuts. not the sharpest tools in the shed. There's no doubt about that. And you would have what? What's the rock and roll equivalent of that? And I and I don't want to fall into the cliche, Brian, of saying drummer. the drummer. <laughs> but I don't know, um, <laughs> you chicken. No, no, um, no. I was I was getting invited to Ella's cake, and I had to text, and so I. I lost track of what was going on. Oh, okay. Getting, so Ella turned three getting, today. Yeah, so I keep getting phone calls and texts saying, come down, you know, and so from all these different people. So it's distracted me. So therefore I have no answer right. to that last question, lucky, which lucky I also Phil's, can't remember. Lucky Phil, who's a, a, a good mate of Brian's and regular listener to this uh, and many other podcasts that we're involved with, uh, his daughter Ella is three today. And Brian yes. is often the babysitter stroke um, – Mind not of, often. No, well, well you know I, what I mean. I've looked, I've looked after it. Yeah, yeah well, that's I, fine. I reckon it's the other way around sometimes ba- too. After you said what? babysitter stroke, I thought the next word you were going to say was victim. <laughs> 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 
Because <laughs> I told you last week, she's running around the thing with my dick candle in her hand. It's, yeah. it's, it's not right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an education process that Lucky Phil's happy to put you, put, uh, put you to. Right? So I've got to, if the education for you, not for Ella, Ella's fine. Right. I've got a koala and i got a, some baby shark. Oh, very good. Things and um, some crystal meth. So there you right. go. Good. Good on you, Brian. Right. Uh, well, let's open the Deathalyzer. You ready? Uh, all, all. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, all these ones are certified. Welcome to the Deathalyzer. Thanks, Brian. Welcome to the Deathalyzer. And this week on the program. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> Just doing the wacky zany FM breakfast stuff. Uh, okay, so George Miller, the uh, director of the movie The Man from Snowy River. Remember him? Yeah. At 79, he passed away. He's mad. He's the Mad Max guy. That's him. Passed away at the age wow. of 79. And his babe. His babe. Yeah, I didn't look at the long list because I think he might have died the week before and I missed him and I – Caught up with him on the. Uh, oh, well, you, you couldn't fit him in because you had <laughs> Sophia Loren. Had I known, he would have got yeah. a Guernsey above Sophia. Um, Dickie Davies, the English uh, sporting commentator, died at the age of 94. A lot of the mm. soccer stuff back in the 60s and 70s, I think. Uh, Ken Warby, who at one stage was the land speed record holder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 83, he passed away during the week. No, yeah, I don't. He, he, he broke that, he broke the world land speed record. On Lake Air? No, wasn't it the intersection of North Road and Tucker <laughs> <laughs> Road? So, the red light camera there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why he's in this week's death alive, <laughs> because he was recorded. He, he went, he went, it was a, it's a 60 zone. He was clocked at 713 <laughs> kilometres an hour. <laughs> Which is not and uncommon when, along South Road. Um, and then when he ploughed into the bus stop, then, well, oh, that was it. the end of it. <laughs> oh, goodness me. No, do, no, you know no, no. Demer- do you know how many demerit points you get for <laughs> going 653Ks above the speed limit? <laughs> 11,000. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, now I don't know, now I don't know how old this lady was, but she was a bit of a doyen of uh, Melbourne radio there, and the, particularly in the eighties. I remember uh, being very popular on three AW. Yvonne Lawrence passed away last oh, yeah. week. One of the, yeah. uh, the well known yeah. Melbourne radio names of uh, the last couple of decades. Uh, and I used to listen to Yvonne quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Nighttime show there on three AW. Yeah. She came around and gave me a nighttime show. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> Must be ill of the dead. It's, yes, exactly, Brian, you little heathen. Um, no, at least I'm <laughs> but not speaking ill of the, those alive, Kev. Oh, okay, Anyhow. all right. Uh, and all right. Uh, finally, Barbara Bosson uh, uh, passed away at the age of 83. She was one of the uh, – she was Frank Frillo's wife in uh, Hill Street Blues. She was a terrific, oh, yeah. terrific actress, yeah. Barbara Bosson. Um, yeah, I, I remember think, her. I yeah. think it's pronounced bosom, Kev. It's not pronounced, Brian. Uh, so, but, you didn't, didn't, but you said that Dickie Davies died. Yeah. 
But didn't that other great English soccer commentator yes. pass away? And I went. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I went to check that just before we started, and I forgot Johnny someone. Motson. Johnny. Johnny Cash. Yeah, I think John, I think John Motson. Yeah, John Motson. He. I'm sure. Uh, well, and I don't want. I don't want to put one in beforehand. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right. I think he was about seventy-eight. Seventy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's dead. And I think he died this week. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll check. That- I'll check and confirm that next week. We won't officially put him in the death eliza just yet, Brian. Right. Is David Koch okay, Kev? <laughs> I did. I haven't mentioned his name. No, but he's still alive. <laughs> okay. Good All answer, right. Finey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's and it's pronounced cock. <laughs> but only if you've met him. Well, um, how do you pronounce this Japanese restaurant? F U K U. Fuku. Fuku. Is it? Well, I don't know. I call it, you know what I call it. I, I know um, you call a spade a shovel. I'm aware of that. Well. You know, I think Spade's a little bit racist, uh, Kev. We can't be saying that anymore. Okay. Shovel, (laughs) shovel from now on. Uh, Now, the chart is the chart from uh, February 1987. Now, I've been – finally, I have to apologise to you. Brian has brought up to me that apparently by sending it on a text message, uh, the quality gets uh, dropped by 10% every time it gets sent on a text. So by the time you get it, it looks like some sort of washed-out dish rag. So I apologise if it was hard to read this week. Yeah, I it think was, it was pretty hard. It's probably hard more hard to, to listen to, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Correct. All right. Number 10, To Be a Lover by Billy Idol. Number nine, Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order. Eight, Everybody Have Some Fun Tonight by Wang Chung. Number seven, I Want to Wake Up With You by Boris Gardiner. Gosh. Boris and Natasha. Uh, number six, Good Times, In Excess and Jimmy Barnes. Five, Pressure Down John Farnham. Four, French Kissing in the USA by Deborah Harry. Three, Funky Town by Pseudo Echo. Two, Walk Like an Egyptian, The Bengals. And the number one song was You Keep Me Hanging On by Kim Wilde. Morning, Kimmy. Our good friend, Kimmy that's not a That's not an entirely horrible top ten. We've had worse top tens than that. But once you dig past the top ten. Yeah, it's, it's shit. Boy. It's, record, it's record company manufactured crap. Um, people that are talented trying to make hit records rather than just making good music. But interesting fact, the um, French kissing in the USA, that's about 95% sure that that is written by Chuck Lorre or whatever, the guy that creates Two and a Half Men. Oh, yeah? That TV producer guy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he wrote that. Okay. And he's alive. I had a listen to it today because it's not one that popped straight into my head. I didn't realise until now, and now that I looked at the chart, that it was listed as a Deborah Harry song and not a Blondie song. Oh. Which is, uh, I don't know what that's a type of Ah, well, yeah, okay. Well, maybe that's why he wrote it because she's had a bit of a blue with Chris. Well, they they did fall out, didn't they? Yeah, and then he got sick and she got back. And now they're now they're not. I don't think they're together now, but they're certainly. Um, no, she's with me now, Kev. Uh, oh, that's right. Of course. How silly of me. French kissing in the USA. I'm just trying to find uh, who wrote it. Chuck. Well, yeah, Chuck Lorre's the bloke behind Two and a Half Men. You're right, 
But I'm just yeah, trying to find out if it says... I reckon. I reckon the song was it. written by Chuck Lorre, who would later become yeah. a successful sitcom person. So you're right. Yeah. How yeah. about me? Yeah. How about you? How about me? Uh, all right. So that's the top ten. So let's get to the uh, the nitty-gritty of what's going on here with the, your good and bad uh, three, because... So favorite to choose from Finey. Oh. All right, number three, bad. I know there are some people that like this performer, but those people are – and look, everybody's got their own taste in music, <laughs> but, but I don't respect that. <laughs> if, if anybody – Owns an album, but I'll say this: If I was going to somebody's house and I knew that they hadn't, they wouldn't even have to play it. If they had an album by this artist, I would say that I've got a bowler. I can't come. Like I'd rather, I'd rather have a deadly African virus than listen to Krista Burke. (laughs) And Lady in Red with this overplayed dreck with some. Fictitious, beautiful woman wearing red. So then, every woman that wore a red dress was Lady in Red, and yeah. what one of Lady Diana's favourite songs. Lady, yeah, I, I just hate it. Is that what the I, connection to that was? That I because there's always been a connection in my head that something about yeah, her, her and that. Song. That's her favourite. Oh, song, okay. But there, was, but there were also rumours that he might have gone down the alleged rumour of Brian Adams. I think she's. You know, there's rumours that she was putting it out a bit there and um, Brian Adams being one and Krista Berg perhaps being another. Oh, okay. There you go. Judging by those eyebrows, he'd be very virile, so. Anyhow, I can't stand his music and this overplayed song is at the top of my list of reasons why I don't like him. Very good choice for a cruddy song amongst many cruddy songs. No, that is, it's a, it's a dirge. It should be, his name yeah. should be Chris De, De Dirge. Anyhow, he can he can please him. Is he dead? When you do, no, he's not. Um, just sounds like it. I don't don't know him. He could be a lovely bloke. I don't wish any ill on him personally, but his music should be dead. Hey Brian, when you do morning melodies at the Twin Towns uh, uh, RSL Club, uh, you know, by March of next year, when you're on the morning melodies circuit, will Lady in Red be one of yours? Uh, probably not. No, okay. I'd I'd be doing more Dean Martin. Oh, right. Uh, okay. Well, you know, they, face it. Like, you know, the people who go to morning melodies these days. You can play Rolling Stones. They go, oh yeah, I love the Stones. Correct. They're fifty years old. Some of those songs. Well, you know, when I walk past the lawn bowls one night, they got the doors blaring, and there's all these old people bowling. And I'm like, yeah, shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right, Finey. What's so, your number three? Good. All right. I, I don't say that I really actually ever love this song, but have you seen the movie American Psycho? Not in its no. entirety. Oh, it's just a brilliant movie. It was a brilliant book by Brent Easton Ellis, yep. and it's a it's an even better movie because I mean you could never imagine making a movie out of that book. It's so horrifically, violently, the most explicit. Description of murders ever, but yep. yep, I've I've read bits of the book too, not the whole book. But the movie's actually almost a satirical comedy, and and I don't want to give a spoiler alert, but you've got to watch the movie to understand why 
It's horrific, but not horrific at all. It's so clever. But one of the things in the movie is because it's all about the excess of the 80s. Yeah. That's really it's just this satire of the American excess of the 80s is that he commits these outrageously ferocious murders to the soundtrack of the 80s. And one of the songs is hip to be square. And, <laughs> and him carving a woman up with a chainsaw to hip to be square. And while he does what he does is that was the film clip, like, wasn't it? Wasn't that the film clip? You and Maybe. Lewis carving something out. But I mean there is a film clip of that from the movie you can go and watch. Because while he's committing the murder, he explains what's he explains sort of in a um like a like a, a lecturer what's great about hip to be square the song. <laughs> I said right. Listen to the acoustic, yeah. listen, you know, it's a lecture on the song while committing a murder. It's, it's very enjoyable. Okay. So I actually quite like so hip to be square now has a place in my house. There you go. Uh yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm tipping that if Ryan walked into someone's house and they had a Huey Lewis in the news album, he'd be he'd be telling me he had a batsman or a bowler, one of the two. Um, um, no, I reckon they've got it. You know, they make good pop songs, they had guitars and that. And I like from what I understand, he's one of the. Um, he did reach the happy ending after rock and roll. He lives in some castle somewhere and. You know, puts out a record if he feels like it, and they go and do a tour. They're always welcome to go and do some 80s show or something. But he's he's living the dream, that bloke. So, um, hey, well done. You, yeah, yeah. You, he's one of the few blokes that, it, that you know, rock and roll, he didn't end up with a drug problem or anything. He just bought a castle or something and um, lives in Italy or somewhere. Yeah, he's killing it. I reckon you got so, him mixed up with someone else. I think he lives in San Francisco and he's had an ear problem and uh, got vertigo problems and stuff. Oh, Kev, you years. probably reckon he's dead. <laughs> no, he's Bruce. alive. He plays a lot of golf. He couldn't be very well, good if he's got a balance problem. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> it was an ear thing that uh, that stopped, like like tint, uh, what is it? Tintinitis. Yeah, a bit like that but different. Not Not that but something like that anyway. Uh, it's tinnitus. Tin tinnitus <laughs> is if you're alert, if you don't like reading tin tin <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what do you got at number three? Good and bad, Brian. Well, they're good ones. They're not even great. They're just yeah, fair enough. And you know, look, this is good. It's um, the Vander and Young song from the Easy Beats. It's Barnsey and um, Michael or in excess. And um, good times. Yeah, you know and. Mark Opitz produced it and um, I think he told us, Kev, that um, Vander and Young or George or somebody, they hated hearing covers of their songs. They did, never liked them. So when he sheepishly played what he'd done to Good Times, he was so rapt that they actually said, yeah, that's good. Yeah, did, he so, liked it. Um, George never yeah. liked hearing – George Young never liked hearing him. But they were going to do um, Turn Up Your Radio. Yeah, Jim Keyes wasn't real happy that they didn't. yeah. Um, anyway, and well, this might surprise a few people, but I cannot stand the lyric in this song, or or just it's just stupid. It's just a waste of space, and it's the Bangles. Mm, I think it's the Bangles. Yeah, walk like an Egyptian. Now, 
why don't they just say to you know who wants to walk like an Egyptian? You know, you do that freaking dance over the clip. You know, why don't they just say go be a dickhead? Um, walk no, like got, a dickhead. You are just act like a dickhead. Um, it means nothing. It's soulless. It's just, you know, and I really like some of this stuff, but this is just rubbish and I, it really shits me, this song. So that's my number three bad. Yeah, but Susanna Hoff sings it. Oh, I wonder if she did it in the nude because she did um, Eternal She did when I was nude. listening to it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, she's one, she's one of the most beautiful women in the world that I've been within a foot of. I, I, I think she's... Well, they... They told the producer told her when they were doing yeah. Eternal Flame that Olivia always sings in the nude, yeah. and she goes, "Oh, really?" Yeah. So she nuded up and got in the little booth, nuded up, and and she, oh yeah, that really helps. It's like, oh, course. That producer anyway. got a Grammy for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, not not and for the song. A, yeah, yeah. He, he sold a hell of a lot of videos too. Yeah, yes. Uh, all right, so number three good is good times and number three bad is walk like an Egyptian. My number three good is uh, they only have had one hit this lot and um, they went off and did some stuff with Cheryl Crow and then got involved in all sorts of other things and one of them was uh, the boyfriend of uh, Tony Childs. Um, David and David, welcome oh. to the boom town is my number three oh, good. God. What? Oh, oh I, was just, I was actually referring to the name of the band. David and David, well, yeah, blind. You know why? Because both their first names were David, Brian. Well, they could have called themselves Yoko's Pussy and then really made something of themselves. Correct. But welcome. David and David doesn't work. Welcome to the Boomtown. That's my number three. Good. Uh, just an interesting little song in a sea of what is basically a lot of crap. Uh, and my number three bad, oh, well, I thought I had three bad ones. And then I went and listened to some stuff like Finey did that I hadn't remembered and hadn't heard, and I found three new bad ones. Me? Yeah, because, Jesus, there's some shit in here. Um, but I have to say, uh, if you want to uh, – if you like Madonna, you like Madonna's sound, you like uh, the way she looks, you like the way uh, her records are constructed, uh, and you like all those things, don't buy Stacey Q. Two of Hearts, because that's everything that Madonna does badly. Stacey Q does twice as bad as Madonna does it. So this is like a bad Madonna song with with the the, the bad Madonna vocals, the bad, bad Madonna lyrics. Everything about this is bad. It's called Two of Hearts by Stacey Q, and it is a piece of crap. She's no Sabrina, Kev. She most certainly is not. And even like even looks like Madonna in the clip. It's like really. Like, sorry, something, one little, you know, small, tiny piece of originality in there somewhere apart from just your name. Anyway, Viney, number two for you. Number two, bad. bad. People are going to get stuck into me for this, but I, if a song annoys me, it annoys me. And every time I've heard this song ever, it just it's really f-ing annoying. Yeah. So apologies because I know he's been responsible for some of the great music of all time. Oh. But you can call me Al. Oh. I can Sorry. Wow. Geez, that is a surprise. 
Oh, I just find it a really annoying song. Yep. Yep. I'm a, I'm a, and, I admit to being a massive fan of Simon and Garfunkel. I, yeah. I also I wasn't all that keen on a lot of the solo stuff. Some of it was yep. brilliant, and I, I agree with you that some of it wasn't so brilliant. Yeah, you can you can call me on the one where Chevy Chase does the the clip. Yeah, yes. it might be. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, look, I agree with you, Kev and and Fonny. Um, Garfunkel's always been my man. And, <laughs> what a voice! And, and John Oates, he's my man. <laughs> um, George Harrison, he's my man. Oh yeah, right. All right, now hang on, hold that thought while we get find his number two. Good. Number two, good. See, I love this band. And this isn't really a typical song of theirs, but I still don't mind the song. So I'm going for the Stranglers with Always the Always Sun. Always the Sun, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Now, they're coming out here, I think, aren't they? Or they've been out here just recently? Oh, I would have seen them. Pretty yeah, good. I think, yeah, I think the, well, they might be coming out. But I'm pretty sure they are. Oh, well, I love Peaches. It's one of my favourite songs of all time. Uh, peaches, Peaches, Peaches. Oh, isn't there another version? What's the thing? Yeah, there's another song called Peaches, Which yeah. is a shit song. Yeah, yes. but, you know, dun, da, dun, da, dun, da, dun, dun, looking dun, at the peaches. Just looking at the peaches. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know the one I've used, Millions of Peaches or whatever that, for that crap American it, band. That that Peaches was the original music, opening theme music for the, you know how just about every cooking show now is a, is a travel log. It's it's sort of food and travel. Not a, yeah. but so many of them are. Yeah. The person that started that was Keith Floyd. Rather a pink. <laughs> Keith Floyd. He was a bit of a drunk, and he travelled around the world presenting food. Yeah. And he used that Strangler song for his intro. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. That and then it was the songs. opening. It was the opening song in in. My second favourite movie of all time. Hang on, the opening. Well, it's not an American Psycho. What's the sec? What's your second favourite movie of all time? Every day, Dallas. Sexy Beast. Ah. Oh. And Peaches is it- the opening song in it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a, a gangster sitting around his swimming pool, and they play yeah. that song. Is that the one? To I haven't seen it, but somebody told me that he's he's kind of got a catchphrase in it, and it's like. No, 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 no. Well, that, that's that's the great character played by Ben Kingsley. <laughs> yeah. And he well, comes no. back he comes back off the plane. He's completely insane. He goes, no, 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 not here, not now, not in front of her. Yeah. Very famous. Oh, fantastic. You've got to see the movie. One of the great movies of all time. Oh, uh, that'll be my Sexy mission. Beast. Yeah, okay, I'm not familiar with it, so I will. Be. Oh, you've got to see it. Okay. You you boys will love it. I think I've seen the preview, yeah. He's, yeah, he's in Speedos quite a bit in it, I think. Well, that's the opening scene is is um, the main character in Speedos by his pool. Okay, sexy beast. I've got that one down on my list. All right, right. Michel Benix. Okay, once again, it's a boring choice, but it's a great song um, and it's a really great version. Um, 
we got to get out of this place by the Angels. It's it's yeah, it's really good. Um, but you know, we all know it. There's nothing really more to say. It's good. Let's move on. Do you like it more um, than the original? Do you like the Angels more than the Animals? Well, whenever we play it, and I, I've, I get to see it quite a few times. You know, I've sung it, you know, in Darwin, and I sing it up here. Um, we actually always go for the Angels version yep. because with the modern band, it's just you know, it's a more rockin' version, more guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's why I like it. So that's my number two good, and my number two bad. Ah, oh, look, it's not the worst song in the world. But it's the cutting crew, and just this lyric: "I just died in your arms tonight." To me, I just can't get past the fact that, like, oh, you know, something die. You know, like you just did a big fart while you were cuddling your girl, and every time I hear it, it's like I just died in your arms tonight. It's like I stopped farting on the poor bitch. You know, um, it just. Smell sounds like he's slipping out sleazy but deadly farts, and I just can't get past that lyric. You know, surely he could have said, "I just, you know, I Lied? felt great." It's no, no. That well, that would be better. You know, he may as well just for for my ears. He may as well said, "Fried." So I, I shit my pants in your arms tonight. It's just I just died in your arms. Oh, it's, you know, when people fart, they used to go, oh, something died. And so I just never, it's like Paul McCartney. Oh, feel like letting go, letting one go. It's like, don't write songs about farts, fellas. Come on. Right. You're better than that. <clears throat> okay. So, so I just half shit myself in your arms tonight is my number two bad. Okay. Um, well, the cutting crew. All right. Yeah, we can cut them right out. My number two, good. Don't dream it's over. Crowded house, good song. Just a good song. Just you know, Neil at his very best, I reckon. Um, not very, not many uh, crowded house songs that are better than that one. And that uh, that's a beauty. No wonder it was a big hit all around the world. And number two, bad. I, I didn't remember this one at all, and and I watched it, and then I thought. You've done yourself a favour by not having that in your memory bank whatsoever, Kev, because it's just an awful, awful song. I thought they were taking the piss, and then when the more I watched the clip, I'm thinking, nah, they're actually serious about this. It's a mob called Cameo, and uh, the song's called Word Up. And it, oh yeah, it may be it may be tongue in cheek, and I may have I may have missed it, but the the three. A uh, gentleman at the start of the clip uh, dressed as, as cops in cop uniforms uh, and then they start shaking their ass and wiggling around and stuff and then the uh, bloke who looks like um, Coolio, um, he's wandering around going word up and doing and it just it's awful. It's just an awful song from start to finish. Um, so happy to put that in as my number two. Got a good one coming up at number one. Now let's have a look at the uh, the podium at the moment for Finey, and the good side is Hip to Be Swear by Huey Lewis in the news. I never thought I'd have either of you two ever put a Huey Lewis song in the uh, in your top three. Uh, and then Always the Sun by the Stranglers on the bad side. Lady in Red by Krista Berg, and you can call me Al by Paul Simon. What goes number one ahead of those little morsels, Finey? Okay, number. Three bad. All right. And now I, I don't know. Do you like this 
I don't know whether this band is popular with you or not. Oh, well, I don't know until you tell me. I'm not even but, sure who you is. Is he talking to you or me? You, <laughs> Brian. Are you? Are you? Where does Wawa Nee sit with you? Look, could you could you just call me they from now on? If you don't mind, <laughs> I find this this used stuff very offensive. <laughs> Wawa Nee. Um, look, um, I worked with Paul a lot. He was a brilliant musician, wonderful guy. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think at the time when this song came out, Prince was sort of like, wow, Prince is great. And this is kind of Australia's Prince, but really it's Isn't kind there of two, just Isn't a, there two songs in this chart? Yeah, they oh. had two top tens at the same time. I'm, talking about, both, sugar, I'm talking about Sugar Free. Yeah, it's but they're, but they're, both, they're both kind of just like a jam with some lyrics stuck over the top, so Go for it, but he's a lovely bloke. I just want that to be the late, known. the late Paul Gray, uh, terrific fellow, and Steve Williams, uh-huh. who played guitar on it, who co wrote it. Um, Look at you, you're all over it now with this, you know, who's dead and who isn't, Kev. You know, pity you couldn't have been like that last week. All right, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you go on, Fanny. Yeah, I mean, just to me, it was just a terrible song, but. You know, squeaking his way through some terribly terrible lyrics, and you know, maybe before their time, because because everything is sugar free now, sugar free coke and whatever. <laughs> they probably could have got a huge deal with some soft drink company. They probably could have actually. The funny thing is, it was a dance floor. You put it on, and the dance floor filled. Yeah, it was a great groove. But interesting about that song, I think that's what is that the one we had the video and. There's a chick with her tits out in the video, and he's actually kissing her tits and stuff in the video. And <coughs> Hang on, Brian, home. look at that. What's it on the porn channel? No, it's it's like a soft porn video. Um, you know, the uncut version. I don't know what they put on it. Donny Sutherland or whatever, but um, well, well, I was watching the circumcised version. It wasn't very good. <laughs> but, well, he's he's there and he's licking the tit on this chick, and she's it's just rolling around in bed. It's just like soft porn. And he comes home from the shoot, and his wife says to him, "How'd the shoot go?" And he goes, "Oh, yeah, yeah, it went, it, yeah, went all right, yeah, I suppose, yeah, okay." And didn't tell her, and then she sees the fucking video. Wow. He wasn't too. He wasn't in a good place for a little while after that. She was furious. Well, Understandably, I would imagine. There you go. Well, there you go. Chuck Lorry, nipples, nipple gate. It's all happening. Well, there's I don't know, sexy beast and why why knee film clips. I don't know which one's going to win out there, boys. It's going to be a mm. bit of a struggle. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, now, your number one good? So my number one good, I know, of course, that um, uh, our friend Brian's not going to like this at all. I hope that's your finger in front of the camera. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's the communards don't leave me this way. What? That's good. Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> you, Brian, would like it. That's my number one good. That's that. Uh, that's the disco song. Don't leave me this way. That Thelma Houston did a version of, and the Communards did. Yeah. A, now the Communards was the English 
Um, was it now? Which of the who was the singer in the Communards? Little Johnny, Jimmy someone. Jimmy little, Somerville. Jimmy little, Somerville. That's him. Yeah. Not off, Johnny G. Little bastard. <laughs> well, hang on. Sorry, is there, an, is there an echo? You talking to yourself, Brian? What? You got um, who makes a video where they get punched up in it? You know what? God, what are you selling here? Uh, he's 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 little squeaky Ethel Merman, whole falsetto voice. <laughs> he's shitty. Over. He looks. Look, you know, I don't mind people looking gay, and that's fine. But he looked like. Oh, I want to do some really dirty fucking shit. And it's like, I just could, no, I just did not want to him at all. And I, you know, I don't mean to offend anybody that's gay because I've got a lot of gay friends. And But do you know who the other guy in the communards is? Uh, I have to, I'll, I'll plead ignorance. I, for some reason in my head, I'm thinking it's one of the culture club blokes, but I'm wrong, aren't I? Don't. His name is Richard Coles. Oh, that'd be right. Dick. <laughs> oh, no. He's a very, very interesting, very interesting person. Where do I know his name from, finally? Richard Coles was a member of the Communards and he was also a vicar. Oh, no, okay. Not- oh, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be fucking right. Oh, he became the vicar. No, it, it was re- it's a really interesting story. He's... To listen, you've got to hear an interview, interview with him. Okay. Um, he was interviewed. He's done a lot of interviews, but it's an amazing story how he went from a pop star because he, he was brought up very religiously to a very famous vicar. Saying so um, he became a vicar after the Communards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, he was vicar. That is interesting. Well, he felt well, after the communards that he had to repent. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I'm saying, but he's he's like a, a very famous gay vicar. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but we, love, we love our famous gay vicars on this show. In fact, why don't we have more famous gay vicars on the show, Kev? Life of Brian, you know, we can just pack it out for the half a year with some famous gay vicars. <laughs> right, well, the Church of England is a little bit more tolerant than the Catholic Church. Yeah. Well, you can, you can wear a condom if you're in the Church of England. That's, you know, you can have the, you only got the rhythm method in the Catholic Church, and you know what they call people that use the rhythm method? Mum and dad? Pa- parents, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, so, no, Richard Cole's very interesting. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, surprise choice, Viney. Yeah, good. Very, well, very surprise choice, because I wouldn't be surprised if if that's Brian's number one in the bad column. But, well, but I, 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 will tell, I will tell you this, that with apologies to Johnny Farnham, you're the voice. Yeah, you're the voice, good song. No, oh, no, no, I'm going to put that in my bad list. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. Okay. Oh, you're Mungle Farney. Oh, you mongrel body. Oh, I'll go six eighty instead. <laughs> got clean to go to in the car, mate. <laughs> All right, over to you, Brian. Right, oh, no, man. Um, what do you got? Now, no, it's interesting that finally brings up Richard Cole because I remember when he was in Mod Squad and he was terrific in that. It was Michael, and then Michael and Cole? he came out to the Logies and he pissed his pants on stage or something. I think anyway, he said shit. Um, 
well, I think he smoked somebody that looks of him, but anyway. I'm pretty sure he had. Yep. That he went on to join the communards and um, these days he's the famous gay vicar. That's um, that's almost right up there with Yoko's pussy. Um, okay, number one, good. You've already said it, Kev. Don't Dream It's Over oh, by okay. Crowded House. A great song. And it was so moving watching them on their final concert, which didn't turn out to be the Farnham organiser. Um, that was, I think, the last song they played on the steps of the Sydney Opera House. And it was just, you know, I, I felt myself getting really f***ing misty. Yeah. Um, over it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I got, it, it really moved me. And um, because it was the last time they were going to play together and that song, I just thought, oh, f- you know, it's a whole mix of emotions. And um, was, yeah, Hester, felt, was, uh, Paul, was Paul still alive then? Yes, he was. Yeah, okay. And, um, yeah, I felt a little tear when I watched that, so yeah, easily band. that. Now, Kev, you can tell everybody what my number one bad is. I can tell everybody. Yeah, I reckon you'll guess it. You'll know. Uh, hang on, I'll just do a little little uh, look down here. Is it? It's not Boris, is it? No, no, it's not Boris. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It'll be someone I Come like. Come on, it'll be someone I like, and I haven't seen what it. Ba- what band have hang I bagged on, more on. on this show over the? I reckon Rowan would know who it would be. Uh, I've, I've been bagging this band from day one. Uh, I'm suspecting that it's either Genesis. No. Oh, geez, that's a good call. But no. Or the Eurythmics. No. And actually, Europe Europe nearly made my good list. That's how bad this is. The final countdown, it's a heap of shit. Uh, Compared to some of the other shit on this, it's not too bad. Uh, band you've bagged since day one. All right. All right. Let me have a go. Yeah, you have a look down here. Go, Finey. Hang on, I've got to bring it up. I'll, uh, I'll get there. Uh, I can't find all the notes. Oh, I can read this bloke like a book. Yeah. Um, uh, they're Australian. There's a clue. They're Australian. They're Australian. Not Mondo. You're not putting Mondo Rock in there. You know, there would be the Mentals. That song, both of those songs probably deserve to be in they're there. Both, they're both, both shit. Both not great songs. Hang on. Five versus yeah. five. There you go. Well done, Finey. <laughs> Me dead. <laughs> That's bang. not the name of the song. It should have been. Don't tear it down. That, what? Oh, you, you, you're conservationist now. Oh, you want the buildings to stay there. Well, good on you, mate. You know, he's um, had those horrible outfits, and they just were a, a very, very, very poor man's midnight oil complaining about shit that they didn't even really give a f about. And <laughs> Yeah, I, just, I had to listen to this at the start, but I thought, okay, you know, the baseline's going all right. Now, yeah, okay, I can deal with that. And then they got the matte finished guitar sound on one bit and the other thing. It's like, what, That's what, a good what thing. Tra- no, it's the Rockman sound of the 80s. They come out of this device and then everybody just used it. So it's, it's just a cliche. Yeah. And then he starts freaking singing. A fair dick. This bloke has got a range of maybe two tones. <laughs> it's, it's just like, you know, don't tear it down. It's like, you know, Lemmy from Motorhead has a better range. <laughs> um, so that's my number one bad. 
and they haven't disappointed me. I listened to it again for the first time in years, and it's still shit house. So, spy well done, boys. Spy. You get the Lifetime Achievement Award for being <laughs> shit. Yeah, sorry, I did. I did uh, flick past them. I, I missed them as I went down the list at number thirty-six. Uh, Lucky you. Don't tear it down, spy versus spy. Uh, my number one good is, mate of yours, uh, that you've done. I know you've done many shows with this bloke. I just think this is such a good version. I mean, it, when the song came out originally by the um, little disco mob that did it, it, it was it was good, but it wasn't great. But then when uh, Pseudo Echo got a hold of Funky Town, they absolutely yeah. tore that. That is That is one of those songs that, if if it comes on the radio and it doesn't very often and not nearly as often as it should because some stations in Melbourne anyway still play the Lips Incorporated version, which amazes the bloody bejesus out of me. Um, but Funky Town by Pseudo Echo is turn it up and, and doof doof your way through the next three minutes because it's well worth it. Good song. Well, Good yeah, version. Well, really, Good version. I would have put it in, but I've put it in before. Yeah. Just a good – just a – I heard it the other day. Uh, again, um, I listened to it today uh, to refresh, but it is just, yeah, it's just boom, boom, boom. It just, he's, he he got that one right, Brian. Brian yeah, Cooper. he did. He did. Was a Brian he, yeah. Yeah. And he, he you know, it was at a time, and it's reflected in this chart that suddenly covers, because yeah, I think we've just got the CD coming has just been taken over from vinyl about this time. Yeah, yeah. I think Farnham's was the first yeah. Australian so, produced CD. So, and the reason that we wanted CDs, or the record companies did, because their greatest asset is all of their old records. So, you know, suddenly you've got to buy the Beatles collection again or the oh, Stones CD, collection yeah, again. Yeah. So the CD mean that everybody had to rebuy their old stock. And for some reason, playing a cover on this particular time got you on the radio, hence In Excess doing Good Times, Angels doing um, the animals. Oh, you know, get out get yeah. out of this place. There's a whole lot of, and, you know, Brian Cannon and Pseudo Echo doing Funky Town, and I think it's because Eon FM, I think it was still that then. Mm. It's like if you played a cover because it's, you know, rock for adults and shit, you know, then, yeah, okay, you can get on. But, yeah, so... It's it's the industry has really influenced this chart and to a pretty bad way, but Pseudo's version is good, yes. Angel's version is good, and The Good Times is really good too. Yep. So there, there was some good music come out of it, but, you know, I'd rather hear In Excess and Barnsley do an original song. I'd rather yes. hear Pseudo do an original song. I'd rather hear, you know, yeah, anyway. Uh, and my number one bad is an original song, and I just think it's awful. Uh, it's from a movie that went nowhere, didn't do this bloke any favours. Um, from a soundtrack point of view and from every other point of view, from what I can gather, that went on. Uh, and that is uh, Rooms for the Memory by Michael Hutchins from the Dogs in Space soundtrack. Just sounds like a really bad David Bowie song. And yeah. It just just sounds like a Bowie song. He sings it like he's David Bowie and, and uh, he's better than that. And it just oh, – I know I remember not liking it and I didn't commit it to memory. I had to listen to it today to refresh my memory. But listening back to it, I just thought what a what an absolute waste of um, of this man's – Is it a Bear Garden song? Uh, because 
don't know. Because, because the character he plays in Dogs in Space is based on the singer from Bear Garden or somebody in Bear Garden. Oh, okay. So, so, so that's, probably that Bowie, might that's where the Bowie thing probably comes I, in. That song came from Dogs in Space. Yeah, it did. So, so, therefore, I would think that it's probably a Bear Garden song and he's possibly just, you know, trying to. Um, he's acting. You know, it, Emulate his acting the song because that's what the guy did. Yeah. Um, so we'll give him a little bit of space for that. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll I will. I'll uh, I'll cut him some slack on that. But just a, just not a good song. Just a very very ordinary song to be honest. Sound like an outtake song. One of those songs that you you really didn't want to do and you do it to fill up the the album or the soundtrack. And it they should they're a bit like Johnny Justin. Um, the singer of that band was just looked like. Rock star looked like a pop star. He just had the look, same as Johnny Justin. Yeah, I just never quite had the song. Yeah, and uh, you know, so you know, yeah, there you go. All right, that's it, boys. Uh, done and dusted for another week. Thank you both for your enormously valuable time and spending it with us on the podcast. We've appreciated it. And will we have another tattoo next week, Finey, or are you having a week off? No, hopefully, I'll get some more. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's a busy lad, is our Finey. For the, for the listeners that don't know, Tom Finey got a new tattoo, which is the Mexican the skull the bird, yeah. And it's obviously to celebrate his Jewish Mexican heritage. So, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Pancho if, that's offensive, if that's offensive in any way, Finey, I apologize. No, Pancho Goldberg will be back with us next week. He's a very good, very fine, very fine member of our. Our, uh, our panel. Goldberg. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I think he's the bass player for it. No, hang on, no. That's yes. famous. Vicker plays bass in Yoko's Pussy. He was but the one in ZZ Top without the beard, Puncho. Yeah, but, Goldberg. but Puncho, Puncho, he plays in Yoko's Pussy. He's, I think he's on the keyboards or something. He's terrific. Uh, he would be. Um, Puncho yeah. Goldberg. Yes. All right. I'm about to Puncho you in a minute. Um, thank you, Brian. Yeah. Uh, another big week at uh, Lenny's Fine Foods in uh, North Caulfield, Finey. Uh, be good, to you, be good to your customers. Yeah, uh, I've had a bit of a run in with one this week. Uh oh. Uh, he told me he'd go to Current Affair. Ooh. I demanded he leave the shop. Ooh. You saved this up till the end of the show. This was oh, well. juicy gossip. So we'll, me. will we he wait till me. will we wait till you, who does it now? Ali Langdon, who's the host of a current affair now? No, I don't yeah. think you'll be going. I don't think you'll be going to current affair. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but you know, um, you know who it was. No, no it was not the Chinaman. No, it was him. <laughs> oh, you got no business, Nanny. You could own a business like me or Lenny if you work hard. Don't go to pokey. <laughs> Stay out of the TAV. Oh, goodness me. All right, boys, have a lovely week and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Till then, rock on. All right, cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.